Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. The Packers have wrapped up practice. We've heard from the guys in the locker room. We've heard from Matt LaFleur. Now it's time to hear from you fine folks. Packers fans worldwide. Because that's what we do here at Cheesehead TV. Promising stuff in some areas as far as guys practicing. And of course, the big downer is that there's still no Christian Watson or Dontavian Wicks out on the practice field. Jaden Reed and company are going to have to ball out, as well as your tight ends, which will undoubtedly include Tucker Craft and could possibly include Luke Musgrave. Uh, no sure thing yet. I know they're taking it day by day with Musgrave, but getting Musgrave back out on the field with this version of Tucker Craft, the, I would say, probably most improved player on the team over the course of this entire season, you can really start cooking with gas if you're Matt LaFleur. Now, I don't have any illusions that things are just going to snap into place in that regard, but you can bet that having Musgrave's speed and Tucker Craft's just downright ballersness. I mean, at this point, his ability to not only work in line as a blocker against defensive ends and blitzing safeties and things of that nature, but then to get out into pass routes and be able to make it look like he's blocking at first and then leak into the flat and go out for a big gain. Something that you would think is probably going to be pretty prevalently used at least once or twice against the Minnesota Vikings and their pressure packages. The exciting kind of part of having these two is how it allows or will allow Matt LaFleur to dictate to defensive coordinators and showing one kind of personnel grouping with both tight ends in the huddle and then breaking that huddle and then, say, splitting them both out wide. And if you are a defensive coordinator that matches like for like, well, then now you're either marching out, you know, a linebacker way out in the perimeter or you're bringing a safety over, or you're staking possibly into a zone because you didn't anticipate this. It allows you, as Matt LaFleur, to really play with expectations um, down in and down out. And I don't think it'll be become a like staple of the offense this season, but – Man alive, with the way Tucker Craft has improved over the course of this last month or so, and you just get Musgrave's raw ability, speed, playmaking ability, what have you, back out onto the field, you can cause some real headaches for defensive coordinators. And I'm excited to see if possibly, maybe, hopefully, especially given you know how many guys they still have down, to get Musgrave back on Sunday night would be a huge boost to an offense. Uh, that's, let's face it, it's going to have to uh, put up a lot of points if they hope to win games and get to the playoffs. Hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Brandy's here, of course. Soder's here. What's up, Soder? <laughs> Soder, my hate for the Vikings is increasing by the day. That just means you have a pulse, Soder. It means you're a Packers fan with a pulse. Welcome. Dale Norton, good evening from London. Good evening from New York City. I hope you're well, man. Dustin's starting us off. What's up? Hall will have a Hall of Fame day, but love will get us the W. Yes, Darren Hall, the rookie who made his NFL debut in relief of an injured Kirk Cousins there at Lambeau Field. Um, not a great outing, but obviously the, the Vikings were able to come away victorious because their defense was able to limit what the Packers' offense was doing for much of that afternoon. I do think... O'Connell is a really good coach and has done some really good work with the quarterbacks at his disposal after Cousins has gone down. Uh, I don't know if this is another in the Joe Barry line of let's make him NFC Offensive Player of the Week, but I can bet they're going to move the ball. 
And I can bet O'Connell will have plenty to throw at Joe Barry's defense that allows this kid to at least operate the offense. I mean, it helps, obviously, that he's got Justin Jefferson. They have a decent running game, though they are banged up. I mean, they came out of that Detroit Lions contest uh, much worse for wear. Uh, Obviously, the big headliner there is TJ Hawkinson going out for the remainder of the year with an ACL injury. But across the board, on both sides of the ball, they are hurting. So hopefully that helps limit them in a way that Joe Barry is unable to. We shall see. Abdul, what's going on, man? Hey, Aaron, do you agree with Corey? 23 wouldn't have been suspended last year. What about that 23 wouldn't care about $60,000 fine and one-game suspension? I mean, I pretty much said everything I had to say in response to Corey last night on the show. But, I mean, yeah, I think there's a decent chance that it doesn't happen last year. But I do think we're operating from a, uh, a place where we don't know all the information. So I don't know what other transgressions have happened behind the scenes to lead to this. I suspect if they are the same, like last year, like the exact same things play out from Jair's perspective, there's a decent chance he's probably still suspended. But I do think it was a very different type of team, right? Like much more veteran-laden, much more kind of trying to get back to the playoffs, get one more run at the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I think with this season being what it is as far as how young this team is and wanting to set a precedent and show that those actions, not only in Carolina, but throughout the season only have, you know, a a limited uh, shelf life as far as uh, being able to get away with things or what have you trying to set an example for a young squad. That's what I think a lot of this is about. So I think there's a possibility. Yeah. It doesn't happen last year, but you know, again, without knowing exactly what those other transgressions are, it's really hard to say. Vex, what's up, man? The defense is more a talent problem than a coaching problem. Gary has been erratic. Who knows about Jair or Stokes mentally or physically? No safeties, not enough from Wyatt and Quay, not excusing JB. I've started to see this quite a bit. Um, I totally disagree. I think there's more than enough talent to be successful on defense. I think they're put in really poor positions week after week by a coordinator who has no feel for the game and is not a very good teacher and doesn't emphasize the right things. I guarantee you, if you get an actual defensive coordinator into Green Bay next year with a very similar kind of talent pool, you will see much better results. And I'm not saying they're going to be lights out, top five, what have you. But they're going to look competent in a way they never have under Joe Barry. I promise you that. Now, that said, does that mean that they don't have to still continue to improve the talent level on that side of the ball? Of course not. You're always trying to improve. You're always looking at your deficiencies and trying to supplement them, etc. I'm not just excusing them, I'm not dismissing it, but I'm telling you right now, there is more than enough talent to play winning defense, to play good defense, hell, like good defense with who they have at their disposal. But right now, they are put in somewhat decent positions, sometimes terrible positions, and they're just not emphasized and taught the things that will make you successful in the NFL. I mean, that's apparent week after week after week. And I, again, I guarantee you, you get an actual competent defensive coordinator in Green Bay next year, you're going to see a light bulb-like difference from the off switch to the on switch. I promise you that. Dustin, what's up? Ben Sims TD will seal the victory to end the horn. <laughs> um, i got to remind everybody this, uh, you know, game in Minneapolis, the annual Cheesehead TV $10,000 reward who f- 
for anyone who can hack the horn at U.S. Bank Stadium so that when they try to sound it, it says, go, Pat, go. Challenge is out there, man. I'm sure Banky's good for it. Rob, what's up? Kraft's catch to trip over his feet ratio is better than Musgrave's. The idea of having them both on the field is exciting. Time for meaningful 12s. Yeah, 12 personnel going to be a lot of fun with those two. I will say, you know, okay, yes, Musgrave, trouble keeping his feet, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, can Tucker Kraft not try to hurdle someone this week? My guy, you're a tight end. Just bowl him over. It's a guy in the secondary. Just run him over. Put your shoulder into him. Stop trying to leap over these guys. It's hard. It hurts just watching. Abdul, what's up? Matt LaFleur said he likes this scheme and wants to keep it. What is this scheme exactly for those of us not savvy with X's and O's and what's good about it? Are you talking about the defensive scheme? Because that is somewhat of a kind of mashup based on, um, you know, the what's his name? I got Vic Fangio system. His name escapes me for a minute, who is now currently the D.C. in Miami, who has been running a version of like a too-high shell uh, rush for coverage, different coverages behind it for forever, since he was a D.C. in Chicago years and years and years ago. Um, The scheme that I think you're alluding to is what Brandon Staley put together when he was the defensive coordinator with Los Angeles um, when Matt was there, um, which is what they ran with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and – you know, it was very successful because they had all-world talent. And it's kind of proven out now, I won't say definitively, but somewhat, that unless you got that all-world talent at all three levels, you're going to have trouble running the scheme very effectively. Because um, there's a, more than a handful of teams running it, and they're not having a ton of success. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
In fact, it got Staley fired in, with the Chargers. Peter, what's up, man? Do you think Matt LaFleur's seat is hot at all? No, I don't. I don't. I keep getting this question and seeing it posed, and I don't know why his seat would be hot. You know, they are ahead of schedule. Yes, the defense looks bad, and they have to address it, which he undoubtedly will this offseason. But, man, does anyone remember where we were heading into this season? Does anyone remember what it looked like the first two months? Have you seen the improvement from Jordan Love and the offense in general? That was the whole point of this year. A reset of the roster, literally the youngest offense in the league, with a first-time starter at quarterback who you had to get an answer on and see if he can play at this level, see if he can be your long-term answer. Matt LaFleur has brought him along to the point where he is playing some of the best quarterback in the league. That's not hype. That's not just hyping him up, man. Like, look at the metrics. Pick a metric. He's in like the top 10 or even top 5 almost across the board in the last, like, especially the last six weeks or so. So that's the most important part of the 2023 season. Undoubtedly, the defense has been a major disappointment. But again, that's something that he will undoubtedly address this offseason. So no, yeah, Matt on the hot seat? That makes zero sense to me. You've got your quarterback in no small part thanks to Matt LaFleur and his development of him. That's like the most important thing in the NFL. And all anybody wants to talk about is Joe Barry, which I understand. It's frustrating. You guys know I yell at the game every week. But, you know, Matt's job encompasses so much more than that. And just because you want Joe Barry fired and he hasn't fired Joe Barry yet doesn't mean he should be fired. That's absurd. Uh, Ryan, what's up? In my opinion, Alexander's displeasure on how the defense is run has a lot to do with the suspension. It's possible, Ryan, but you're just guessing. There has been absolutely nothing even close to public made about that. Like, there is no reporting. Jair hasn't said a word about it. Like, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but until I see something that kind of gives that credibility, you're just throwing darts, you know? I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what else to say. Abdul, thanks again, man. Do you think it's unfair to chalk off Staley because he had Donald and Ramsey, just like chalking off Matt LaFleur because he had Rodgers? Uh, I wouldn't chalk off Matt LaFleur given what he's been doing with Jordan Love. Um, as far as Staley goes, I just hate this scheme, and I hate the attitude, and I hate the passiveness. So I want nothing to do with Staley, regardless of whatever they the trouble they had with the Chargers. Like, even before we get to that conversation, I hate this scheme with the fire of a thousand suns. I want something that allows guys to dictate. That's it. And this theme is 100% passive. I hate it. Made that clear? Dustin, what's up? I think we can all agree that what will unite our nation, bring world peace, and solve all problems is abolishing the horn and disbanding the bears. No, 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 no. We need the bears. The bears are like, you know how... Batman and Joker have, like, this symbiotic relationship where they, like, you complete me kind of thing. Like, you need the Bears. I mean, you really want to stop singing the Bears still suck? I don't. You know, we need the Bears. As far as dismantling the horn, that, that's something I can get behind. I'm, I'm all about that. What else we got, folks? <laughs> Brandy, two dominant tight ends in this economy? 
Well, yeah, especially in this economy now that they're on you know rookie deals. Let's go. Three more years. Got them cheap. Let's wreck shop, man. Let's take the league over. Dale says, special teams are a problem with Packers also. I think it's much less a problem than some people want to think it is. I really do. I understand that they have issues and they have penalties and inopportune moments, blah, blah, blah. But does anyone remember that they blocked a field goal last time they played the Vikings? You know what I mean? Like, there are plenty of instances where Rich schemes up something pretty damn special and pretty good, right? And, yeah, some of the guys make mistakes, and there's no doubt that there's – like the flag against uh, Van Ness this past week. It's a boneheaded play from a rookie. But those are the types of people you got on special teams, you know, either down, you know, 46th, 45th on the roster, or rookies, first-year guys, undrafted free agents who are just trying to make a name for themselves. Sometimes it's a little chaotic. Again, there's definitely room for improvement. No question about that. But I don't think it's this tire fire that people want to say it is. <laughs> what is a skull? As far as I remember, that's isn't that like chewing tobacco or something? I don't remember. Tyler, what's up? What's the biggest issue with Green Bay's middle linebacker play in 23? Ooh, baby. Um, good question. I actually think Quay Walker's played pretty damn well. I know people are down on him right now, and he's not had the two kind of greatest weeks here these last couple of games since coming back from the injury. But I think especially prior to going out with injury, I thought he was playing pretty well. He's had trouble in coverage. Um, he's also let, like, I think three interceptions go through his hands after catching that pick six in week one. So he's been in position at times. Um, I do think teams are scheming them up, trying to take advantage of both Campbell and Walker. And, and McDuffie has been good when he's been given an opportunity. I don't think he's a long-term answer, but right now I think he's much better than what Campbell gives them. And now I know Campbell's dealing with injury, but yeah, to me, I, I don't think you know, Walker's been poor. I think Campbell has really hit a wall, and I think injuries have caught up to him because you just don't see the burst, uh, especially sideline to sideline and you know short area quickness stuff that you saw that year that he won the All-Pro, even the beginning of the next year where he started a little slow, you still saw the ability. But since then, I think he's had, what, four or five different injuries? I think that's just kind of caught up to him finally, which is unfortunate, but, man, that's life in the league, you know? That that tends to happen. Uh, what else we got here, folks? Dustin, what's up? J-Love appreciation post, happy to say I was wrong. Well, you see, it takes a big man to say you're wrong, Dustin. And I think a lot of people are probably looking back at what they thought about Jordan Love and the draft choice and his ability or what have you, or the promise he might hold. And probably a lot of people thinking, oh, I got that one wrong. No doubt about it. Ryan, what's up? Have they announced the time of the Bears game? No, Ryan, they have not. They will shortly after the conclusion of the game on Sunday night. So I have little doubt that Sunday Night Football will announce it probably right after the game is over because they'll have – some indication of how, obviously, of everything that's happened throughout the day on Sunday and out the weekend, and then ho- however the Packers game plays out. I think we'll obviously play a little bit into it, but they should be able to have that nailed down so that by the end of the game, uh, they'll announce the schedule for Week 18. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, there is a, us, albeit small, but there is a chance that that Packers-Bears game could be bumped up till Saturday. It's a small chance, but it could happen. Craig, what's up? 
the key to Green Bay's turnaround next year will be them naming Carry the G as their official beer. It's all downhill from there. Super Bowl win is a lock. Greg, you have no idea how funny that is, um, given our attempts to try to get Carry the G into uh, Lambeau for sale. Um, we've had good conversations with uh, a bunch of people in the building, and I think we've gotten close to having it available at 1919. Hopefully that happens next year. So, fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, official beer, I don't think we're going to take over for Miller Lite anytime soon. <laughs> we're, not, we're not flush with enough cash to you know have a gate named after us. Although, how dope would carry the G-gate be? You know that's where the party would be. We would request that be by lot one, definitely. Dustin, what's up? Imagine if Love and Purdy swap situa- situations. Love would be the MVP. I don't know if that's particularly true, but it's a possibility, right? I mean, the thing is, is I don't know about Purdy. I think he's played really well. Obviously, he had a really tough game uh, the other night against the Ravens, but, I mean, I wouldn't take anything away from him. He has played extremely well, regardless of who's around him or who's calling the plays. Um the one I found interesting, I think Jacob Morley put it up on Twitter earlier today. It's like everyone or lots of people are talking about the job Stafford has done since coming back from his injury, and he's been playing lights out football. But if you look at the numbers, like Jordan Love's right there in the same time period. Look at Jalen Hurts' numbers. Like that, Jordan Love's playing just as well as Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts was in a Super Bowl last year. You know what I mean? It's like the fact that Jordan Love is playing as well as he is, as quickly as he has it's pretty astonishing like no question about it and it's not just the numbers that's the other thing it's not just that he's putting up numbers it's that he's playing the position like and all that it entails well whether that's you know knowing where your hot route is or being able to set protections or using your cadence to get the opponent to declare intent like he is doing it all at a very high level and it feels like kind of suddenly, because we were in the morass of, like, October. It felt forever. Now you fast forward, and damn, the kid is playing the hardest position in sports really well. And it's just his first year starting. That's what makes me so excited about him. No doubt about it. Autumn, what's up? Is there any way in which we keep both Jones and Dylan for this young offense? Running back, running back market isn't great right now. Tricky one, right? Um... I suspect they'll have conversations with Jones, much like they did last offseason, about some kind of adjustment to his contract. I don't know how severe or how, how much they'll try to lop off like cap-wise, but I do think they'll probably offer Dylan some kind of deal to stick around. Now, you know, hometown discount, what have you, I think that only goes so far, but we all know how A.J. feels about the area. He's made it you know, very much his home, and I do think he'll – if they give him some kind of a reasonable, probably short-term deal, he'll probably stick around, would be my guess. And that's all it is, is guesswork. As far as the running back market goes, like, I would I would never, ever, 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 ever expect the Packers to sign a free agent running back, right? Like, I know they brought in Kenyon Drake off the street, whatever, but that was a filler depth move, right? I'm talking, like, to be their workhorse guy or their number one guy or even in their rotation in a major way. But I do suspect they will look to the draft, like no doubt about it. And it won't be a day one or day two thing. I think day three, I wouldn't quite use pen, but you could def- definitely pencil in a, a running back in the draft. Because I do think they'll they'll see what they have in Emmanuel Wilson as well next summer, bring him back and see what he can do post-injury. Uh, sounds like he's close to returning 
as it is. So hopefully maybe we get him down the stretch here these last couple games. But regardless, yeah, I think there's a decent chance that they try to keep both of them. But, man, it's a young man's game. Look at the rest of that offense and look how explosive it is. You know, and obviously Aaron Jones, fully healthy, is an explosive playmaker. But the health part is a concern and he's not getting any younger. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers decided, okay, it's time to move on and try and find somebody in the draft. I mean, it sucks because I know Aaron Jones is the fucking man and carries the G like no Packer I've ever seen. But at some point, man, Father Time is undefeated. And you always want to be out a year too early rather than a year too late. And it might be that time, given the fact that he can't stay. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. We'll see. Long way to go in that regard. Dustin, what's up? I am very excited about 2024 and 2025 back in top. There's a chance. Long way to go. Brody, what's going on? Going to my first Packer game Sunday. Any tips? Oh, Brody, you're going into the belly of the beast. Um, bring earplugs. I am not joking. I've talked about it a lot this week, but I'm dead serious. It hurts on third down when the Packers are on offense. It is loud as hell. Also, bring some flame repellent material if you're sitting close to the close to the field because during player intros they have like this insanely huge fire bloom that goes up and you feel the heat in the crowd. It's disconcerting to say the least. What else we got here, folks? What else we got? We got Scott. What's going on, man? Do you think young guys are not enjoying playing in Green Bay? Seems like a fair amount of unhappiness with some these days. Hope I'm wrong. Scott, I think you've fallen victim to uh, social media. You know, the vibe, quote-unquote, around the team and what guys appear to be or uh, maybe the perception might be or they're unhappy or what have you. I think you got to take everything you see and feel on social media with a grain of salt. Or even just headlines about, oh, Matt LaFleur losing the locker room, which is point-blank ridiculous. Um, now, look, there's no, you know, you, you need a certain type, a certain type of dude to thrive in Green Bay. You know, you got to be mostly just about ball, right? Because there ain't a whole hell of a lot to do. That ain't a secret, right? So, yeah, you need a certain type. But I don't think, you know, guys are suddenly upset or unhappy or what have you um you know it helps that you start getting productive and maybe put some wins on the board and get a contract extension etc then yeah it makes it a lot easier to be happy right but i don't think there's some group unhappiness or anything like that now, ultimately it's two things it's money and winning that's what does it that's what makes you happy as an nfl player right now money is a number one don't ever forget it and then two is winning you put those two things together and they've done a lot of that in Green Bay, you're going to have a lot of happy guys. Yeah, it's, there's no doubt. It's it's There's some, you know, odd vibes around the defensive side of the ball right now. I think we can all trace the frustrations there. I don't think that's a secret. But I don't think, you know, guys are sitting behind the scenes going, oh, this is the worst, or anything like that. You know, maybe in meeting rooms when they're looking at film from the last game or something like that. But um, they're professionals. They know the gig. And I, yeah, I don't. I just don't sense some huge kind of morass from the players in Green Bay. Uh, what else we got? 
<laughs> Wait, this is social media grading some salt now. We'll play Gavin. We'll play Gavin. You are on social media. Believe nothing. Sideline report. Green Bay is pretty boring. Only thing to do is drink and watch football, and I don't drink. I mean, I don't live there, so I can't comment. But, uh, yeah, I like living in New York because there's lots to do. That's just me. Tin Hat thought maybe other players were not happy with Alexander. I mean, look, you got to ask the guys, right? I mean, Jair's own words would suggest that's not true because he said the guys had his back when he went out there for the coin toss, right? You know, but look, that some stuff is going to go on in the locker room that we're never going to be privy to, and that's the way it should be. I remember Aaron Rodgers talking about this, you know, because of social media and the kind of media landscape that we're in, and we get more and more intrusive coverage. Like now we get – remember when it used to be a really rare thing to see the post-game talk from the coach? Now every team has it on their social, like, after every win. And it's in, like, these moments that have become kind of normalized as part of coverage used to be very private or just kind of just their own, you know, livable moments for the guys involved – I think there's less and less of that available. And the locker room especially is the thing that was going to be guarded, you know, the, the strongest. You know, that's a very, very, very important kind of vibe that whatever's going on in there, we're never really going to know as the public. Like, hell, sometimes the coaches don't even know. You know, that is supposed to be separate from everything. It's supposed to be for the players and just the players. So whenever anyone, that's why I always say, whenever anyone tells you what's going on in the locker room or coaches losing the locker room or whatever, no one has any idea. Like, we don't. We can't. It's impossible. So that's my, uh, that's my speech about that today. I love that there's a random Whitehurst comment in here. Corey's going to be so upset. <laughs> Corey. Corey Patterson says, not going to lie, I'm a Lions fan. I went to Lambeau, and I was waiting for Andy Griffith and Aunt B to pop out. Yeah, it's a, th- it's a throwback. It's a throwback, no question about it. It's kind of what I love about it, though. You know, when I go back, I do love kind of, you do kind of step back, you know. It's a little slower, a little, dare I say, simpler than you know, life in a city, but uh, nothing wrong with that. It reminds me of my, I always say, it reminds me of my family. It reminds me of growing up. It reminds me of my grandparents. I love it. Good stuff. <laughs> there go. There's plenty going on in Green Bay. Railroad Museum is lit. That Railroad Museum is dope, though. Fair point. Very fair point. Uh, hit those likes. Thanks, Tulio. Really, really, really appreciate it. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go.